jump right into it ken because it's only the two of us it's myself it eric van allen and kenneth shepherd here it's just the two of us we can make it if we try the two of us you and i uh, okay yeah it's it's suicide mission week mm-hmm. we're finally here doesn't it feel oh. like just days ago that we were starting mass effect 2 feels like just days ago we were starting normandy fm I know, right? And we're, we're all like here. almost done. That's don't don't say it like that. Don't say it like that. Before we get into it, though, we do want to give a shout out. We got a new patron this week who did sub up to the tier where they get a shout out. So I want to shout out one Rain. Thank you so much for your contributions, keeping this podcast alive, keeping our hosting alive, and contributing to our continued dissection of all things Mass Effect. Thank you so much. Uh, this the suicide mission so before we actually get into it there are a few little bits of game we have to cross off mostly the uh the the activation of the reaper iff and then what i like to call uh metal gear joker (laughs) where uh so this is the thing that's always bugged me So, so let's let's really get into it here um if you play the game the the quote unquote optimal way you do every mission leading up to activating the IFF, and then you activate the IFF. Mm-hmm. And if you do it that way, Shepard and Co. just kind of go off on a mission. And... Of some unnamed mission. Yeah, and it's always and... super bothered me because everyone goes on this one. So, yep. like, normally it's just the away team but this time everyone who could possibly be in your party which is i think it's got to be like eight people or something like that um no it's like 12 yeah all crowded into that one little shuttle now i will give them i will give them one out they do say that they want everybody to be like on the shuttle away from the normandy while they try the iff just in case something goes bad my thing is, I wish they, like, had made an actual mission for us to go on, and, like, because they, I don't know, like, it could, they could have even tied it to, like, side quests or something, like, you get off the of Normandy once, and then shit goes down, you know? Like, uh-huh. there were ways to do it. It would, that would have been cool, actually, just have this very basic, you know, we're investigating some, you know, thing on a planet, and then while that's happening, you start getting weird signals yeah. from the ship as, like, maybe Joker or Edie is trying to reach you, but there's mm-hmm. interference. Like, that That could have been cool. That, yeah. Ken, that would have been really, really cool. And would have been to... maybe a little bit better. So this is where some of our back research uh, comes into play, because I remember we were doing this 
at the beginning of the season when we were talking about your favorite character, uh, Kelly Chambers. <laughs> that um, I believe it was it was a statement by some of the designers at the time that they were saying that they wanted there to be this feeling of uh, a, a time crunch that once right. you've activated the IFF. Your crew has been kidnapped, which is what happens while Shepard and Co. are away on their cramped shuttle voyage. Um, and uh, they're, all the crew gets kidnapped by the Collectors. Mysteriously, the Normandy, they leave the Normandy hanging out, which is also one of the weirder things. I guess well, none of the Collectors fairness, know how to they fly get, the Normandy. They get kind of interrupted. Yes, in they, the myth, they in do the get interrupted. I guess they could have taken the Normandy if they had more time, but... Joker, after doing some sick stealthing with with the help of Edie, uh, gets to. I, I think it's. I'm trying to remember the exacts of of how it happens. I pulled up the wiki so I know the exact weird tech um, that they do. You have to like blow a certain thing and hit a fuse, and then you unleash uh, Edie's AI core, and she becomes mm-hmm. an unshackled AI. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, which is maybe like one of the more over, like the larger overarching implications of this moment you know it, in the right. moment is all this drama of oh hey all my crew's getting dragged away and stuff but then also this is kind of the moment where Edie goes from being the ship computer to being an actual character and the thing right. that we see in Mass Effect 3 so it does feel a little downplayed here in a way that is kind of odd but yeah but in you do actually after this you can actually go talk to ed and access like every conversation that you because like throughout the game you can talk to her but she's like basically like this is blocked i can't i i'm not authorized to talk about this and now suddenly she's authorized to talk about everything mm-hmm. i actually i've never known that that unlocks all those dialogues i've never yeah. gone back to check those out i might have to like hop into my my playthrough because i'll be jumping back on anyways because next week we have to do um arrival and i purposely did not play arrival uh, yet because i wanted Mm. to be like i'm gonna hold off and i'll do it when the the episode comes up and then Mm. two days later i was like i'm gonna start mass effect 3 (laughs) (laughs) completely Mm. screwing all this up yeah she she basically gives you sort of like more information about basically how deep Cerberus runs through humanity in the galaxy and so like it's not really a lot of stuff that we don't know but it's just kind of like interesting to have the conversation in general because you know, the way things go on this mission, it is interesting to kind of, like, get the full perspective of who it is you've been working for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what that is. We, we might talk about that at the start of the next episode. I'll make, mm. like, a note for myself to, to bring that up after I've checked that stuff out, because I'm, mm. I'm very interested now that I know that that is a thing uh, that they mm. don't really ever, like, point out to you. I kind of wish they did. Mm. Um, but now that we've done that, it kind of puts a time crunch on, because... Uh, if you have remaining assignments, you want to go finish them, but uh, it it kind of intimates that the longer you take, the more danger your crew is in, and so mm-hmm. it, it, it tries to pose you. It's the same way that they've done it in a lot of different uh, moments throughout Mass Effect 2, is they're like, hey, you could go do this thing, but you maybe want to do this other thing instead. And, and right. I mean, this whole game is just a game of binary. I mean, we've talked a lot about how the morality system creates that how paragon and renegade don't really interact in in great ways and they're very um they kind of offset each other in ways that they get better about in mass effect 3 making the the reputation system and things like that um 
Whereas two is very much a game of binaries, and you are given like two options at this point. You can either keep doing assignments if you still have them, and you will start to lose crew members, or if you go right away, you'll be able to save all the crew members. Mm-hmm. And so now, have you? Okay, so we're going to be spending a lot of this episode, I think, talking about 2010 and when we first experienced this. Did you go right away the first time? I mean, I have already stated the fact that I definitely looked it up online, like, what the mm. optimal way to get through the suicide mission was. Hey, this was 2010 me, man. I didn't want to mess this up. I think about my crew over here. <laughs> um, no, I think I had read in, like, a magazine or something, there was, like, a guide in, in a Game Informer or something, I want to say, that was just like, hey, don't do this until you've done this. And, yeah. Uh, mm. So I want to say it was either that way or maybe I just read it on, like, game facts or something like that <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that that was the way you're supposed to do it um so i did i did the optimal way the first time but i'm i'm guessing from the tone of your voice that you did not no i did i did oh okay. like i'm like we're both coming from this from two very different perspectives but we ended up getting the same outcome because i'll let the spoiler alert i got everybody everybody out on the suicide mission my very first time ever doing it without guides because i'm commander fucking shepherd at the same time, I, I mean, I did it. I don't think I had a guide for every single one of them. I think there were some that I just looked up like, hey, these are the ones you should pick. And then these are the ones that are obviously not the right answers. Um, so, like, I, I knew I knew some of the larger ones like, hey, this is who you should probably send into the vents. And, hey, this is who should do the long walk. And... In hindsight, even, and even in, in the act of playing it, I was like, this these answers seem really obvious, but, uh, but the ones that are a little bit, that we'll get to, don't worry, that are that are a little bit not as obvious to pick, I, I remember not knowing and just kind of being like, well, I hope this is what works. Um, but that's the thing, is like, over the years of talking to people and like watching people play this mission, like, they're, like this is one of the things that like, when I get people to play the Mass Effect trilogy, I'm like, hey, let me come to your house and watch you do this particular mission because the things that I thought were obvious clearly aren't. Like, There are a lot of people that lose like half their fucking crew. Huh. I, yeah. Okay. I mean, look, sometimes I watch people play video games and I get really frustrated because I'm like, this answer's obvious, it's right there. But then, you know, I've also played the game before, so I'm like, right. yeah. But there are some parts of this game where I'm like, oh, it's 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 obvious. So, anyways, so we're we're blasting, we're blitzing on through the Omega Four relay to go help out our friends, and this is kind of where all our chickens come home to roost. And this is why I copy pasted our uh, handy dandy flowchart. I don't actually know whoever made this. It's the one that I've always seen around the internet um i recognize this from a magazine i think actually maybe this is the initial magazine one that i read or or some approximation of it because i do remember it being a flowchart like this i know this is great radio for y'all <laughs> but uh i mean we i think we can put it in the show notes right we can put like a link to it in the show notes yeah and i can um, post it on twitter as well okay easy enough uh yeah so we can do that so when you're listening to this you will have the guide to go along uh, and there doesn't appear to be a credit on it, but I can take a cursory look around, and if I do find some credit, we'll make sure we get that out to whoever made this, because it's a super handy-dandy flowchart. Um, so this is where all our chickens come home to roost, in one of what I feel is maybe one of the game's larger 
bad obfuscations of things, which is uh, the Normandy upgrades. The first time I played through this game, I will fully admit I did not understand what the fuck was up with the Normandy upgrades. Because mm-hmm. uh, it would super frustrate me that every time I talked to them, I'd just be like, hey, you got any upgrades? And then it would take me to the upgrade screen and just like the, hey, here's here's your upgrade screen. And it would add it to, you know, the list right. of upgrade things. But it wouldn't take you directly there mm-hmm. or even highlight, you know, saying like, hey, this is what this person thinks that they can improve or whatever. Right. Uh, and it just kind of gets added to a list that is already kind of frustrating to read because you have to start there's a lot of stuff that's like you have to read the fine text to see like oh i can't upgrade ap pistol armor piercing yet because i need to get two more pistol upgrades like just general pistol upgrades and uh this is where it gets super frustrating because i could see how someone could be playing this game and get to this part and not even ever know that you needed these ship upgrades or that they existed in the game unless believe... they're hidden away in a dialogue wheel too and not yeah. like an easy to get to one either i want to say like i don't distinctly remember this but i kind of like remember the general feeling of this but i think right before you go like and you're having that conversation with joker and miranda and jacob about like the state of things I think Jacob will say something along the lines of, like, the normative not quite specced as it needs to be. And that's the point where, like, you kind of may, are, like, a little bit clued into that these things exist, if you, even if you didn't realize so it at he point. So like, he's kind of like, hey, you know, maybe you should talk to some people on the ship and see if there's anything. Yeah, just, like, look at can... potential upgrades for the ship. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of the things that I wish was a little more obvious or that they would, because of how important it ends up being, I wish right. it had been... They don't need to give me, like, a blinking runway into it. Right. Um, and the way... Okay, so the way we're starting out on the suicide mission is super awkward because I will go ahead and say this is one of my favorite video game things ever. This is sincerely, like, one of the coolest things any video game has ever done, in my opinion. And we're going to critique the hell out of it. That does not mean we think it's bad. We can like things and also think that they could be better. Uh, but speaking Welcome for to myself, Normandy FM. Yeah. <laughs> speaking for myself, I love this. There are things mm. that I have issues with in it, but that by no accounts changes how much I love it. Um, and I'm sure Ken has his own feelings on it too. But Ken that's hates everything. Thoughts. That's his. Yeah. That's his personality. Until we get some effects, then everything is real good. So our first our first check is the armor upgrade, which I believe is Jacob. Um, it was his mm-hmm. upgrade. Uh, if we don't have it, Jack dies. <laughs> Just <laughs> I, I love the brutal yeah, specificity like of this. Um, it's because the the pulse hits her little area, right, or something right. like that. Yeah. Um, and so it's a mixture of both the armor not being good and Jack picking a really bad place to to mm-hmm. stay on the ship. Like this was not intended to resist enemy fire. Why are you living here? <laughs> Uh, and then we go on to a shield check. The shields were, um, Tally. Oh, who were the shields? Tally. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for, I wanted to say, uh, Samara, but I knew that wasn't right. Uh, yeah. so I don't even remember what Samara's is. I think it's just like a biotic. It's a, fu- it's a fuel upgrade. upgrade. It's a fuel upgrade. Yeah. So like you can wow. travel further. Out as Thanks enemy. Samara. Great contribution you brought to the ship. <laughs> <laughs> um, if those are good then you're safe if not uh you get the death of one non-party member so before this you've already kind of set up what your party is 
Well, there's uh, a point where you have to go down to, like, the uh, the bottom of the ship where, right. like, they got so is coming it, in. So and... is the... This is also where I lose track of the timeline. This is why I have the wiki pulled open, too. Um, yes. So the the armor thing happens, and then one of the defense things, the Oculus, punches through and uh, is in the engineering bay. And so while you're fighting it, these other two... Um, these other two moments happen the first so first of all the oculus is a super dumb boss all i remember about it is that it was really annoying and it it's a big old ball yeah it shot a lot of lasers but also mm. i remember killing it extremely fast like really yeah. extremely fast yeah put the uh, out of your heavy weapon and it's, it's it's toast yeah i mean by that point i was just like okay it's end game time to use my collector laser yep. and i i know i'm probably gonna fight some machine stuff so i'm going to take two people with maxed out overload and we're just going to spam it on him and it's dead right. bam once again bosses in mass effect a little, a little disappointing but <laughs> we get on to the the shield and uh if we do not have the shields upgraded then a non-party member dies in this order so we get to see uh <laughs> Who, um, who Bioware really loves and who they don't? Uh, Kasumi, Legion, Tally, Thane, Garrus, Zai, Grunt, and Samara slash Morinth. Uh, so yeah, Kasumi can also eat it pretty yeah. early on. Uh, and then after the end of the boss, in our second. Well, this uh, is like I just want to point, I just want to point this one in particular is, is kind of um. The well, no, 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 the uh, the one about the death. If you don't have the shield upgrade, that one feels one of the the smarter one for me because like what happens if that if you don't have the proper shields if the um the core of the normandy like pulses out and then whoever's down in engineering yes. is the one that gets fucked up so kasumi yeah. legion tally so like it kind of like, is gradually going to like where like the two would be down there if they're not fighting with you so you know it's kind of uh-huh. it, and and i think the the weapons thing is something similar where it's that area of the ship because the the check there is thane garris saeed grunt Jax, marmorinth right um so yeah there there's some interesting stuff happening here with just locations on the normandy that i never really thought of before thank you <laughs> thank you ken um but we're great we upgraded all our yeah. stuff because we know what we're but doing even bar- like the normandy uh, still barely gets to the fucking ship like yeah, it's a, yeah, because we're fighting a really big ship. I don't, I don't know if you ever noticed, but the collector ship is basically like Megatron in that it's just a giant gun, like old old Megatron in the Transformers cartoons. His transformation was just to turn into a pistol, like a really big pistol, <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what the collector ship is. It's just one big gun, <laughs> and I respect the design a lot, mm-hmm. the Megatron ass design. <laughs> Uh, but we land on the base. Now we gotta infiltrate and get in there. And uh, to get there, we gotta deal with some vents because there's some malocks that we gotta disengage to keep moving. And then Jacob volunteers. Yeah. Okay. So well, so Jacob volunteers, but also Miranda volunteers. And here's Ken will remember this because he watched me stream my playthrough of this for the uh for the podcast which was actually now that i think about it a long time ago but (laughs) it's i think i remember pointing this out that miranda volunteers for everything Mm. in this and i think that's because miranda is kind of set up as this character who can do most things in this mission pretty well 
um, she is able to get through a lot of these checks, but also she's able to fit a lot of the checks that you maybe wouldn't want her to do. And so she feels like kind of a trap for anyone <laughs> dumb enough to trust Miranda. <laughs> and so, um, sorry, Natalie. <laughs> um, so initially it's like, hey, we probably want someone in there who knows how to handle tech, right? right? And so you, you think like, okay, well, two obvious choices, Tally and Legion, uh, two very tech-oriented people. And then uh, it says here on the flowchart that Kasumi is mm-hmm. able to do it as well. Um, I, I guess I could see yeah. that. I'm maybe still just kind of like, every time I look at this one, I'm like, yeah, Tally. Yep. You got I mean, this. That's, like, that's, that's every single time I've ever done this. That's Tally. Yeah. <laughs> She's able to but do that. But even so, so like, um, this is what I think about this, this particular set of choices you make I feel like it's like a learning experience for a lot of people that are kind of more like they don't realize they need the best person for the job they're just kind of like we need a person for the job because this is where I've seen right. most people lose somebody because and even me like knowing I've picked two of the right people like not you know I haven't looked up a guy but like knowing my squad well enough to know who the right people of this are I was still literally fucking shaking this entire mission because I was like oh yeah even though like this this seems like the right choice. This seems like what I should be doing. Tally and Garrus. Like, those are the two people that I need for the two jobs that are happening right now. And, God, that's one of my notes here. Is like, I feel like I'm going to end up talking a lot about my first experience doing this mission because I don't... Like, it is such this incredible thing that you can never experience the same way twice. It's uh, it's it's something else, and and yeah, I I also went Tally Garris for this. Uh, Tally as the vent specialist, and Garris as the fire team specialist. Uh, and yeah, they're they're just constant moments where even if you know that you have done the right thing, you're watching all these events play out, and it still just tugs at the tension in a way that's like, oh, are they going to mm-hmm. get to the door in time? Or are, is that swarm? Is that swarm going to catch them and, and kill them or not? You know what the outcome is, but they do a really good job of building the tension anyways. Also, and you mentioned it in your notes, I'm bringing this up now, uh, the the suicide mission music and all the music. Oh, yes. I mean, the music in Mass Effect, we can talk about for hours. It's so good. But especially during the suicide mission, it really kicks it up a notch. It really takes it over the top in a way that's just fantastic. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. Um, so we get into <laughs> once we get through the valve section, which I want to say, um, like, point out too. They also do like a pretty good job of keeping, like, th- throughout this mission, they keep, do a good job of keeping the stuff that you've got your squad doing in your peripheral vision at least, because we've got tallying the vents. Um, you've got and you've got the other squad, but like you've got to constantly be opening up valve for tally. Like you're constantly like. Like you don't just send these people off to go do their thing. Like you're like this is a team effort, and they do a really good job of filling that. Yeah, yeah. This one, and I, th- I think you can still fail it if the vent specialist like just dies. Like if you don't get there in time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, and I want to say, I want to say later on in the the long walk, you can have uh, things like that too, where you mess it up and end up uh, throwing the mission or losing somebody uh, through just the way that you. Uh, the, the way that you play but we get through there um, and we get to some of the more interesting choices uh in my opinion so we have uh i think we get to I, i'm pulling up the wiki so we have this uh because i'm super dumb and i can never remember what order this stuff comes from 
so we do the valves and then are we no we do the long walk and then we get to the crew that's always what i forget the order of is when you get to the crew or not so we gotta do the long walk first no we don't uh an affectionate name for yeah what? what is fun no i'm um, looking I'm read looking. left to right. oh oh yeah no 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 it's well i wasn't looking at the the flow chart i was looking at the the wiki but now i see okay so <laughs> <laughs> the order of this mission always throws me off because i never remember where the crew stuff comes in uh so now that we're through the valve stuff we have found the normandy and her crew if we got here fast enough uh if, if we got here fast enough, it'll be Lilith from Horizon, who is in the pod, uh, that gets super bad and liquefies mm. her in a way that is horrifying, even in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, this is the part where, like, some creepy stuff happens in the pod, right? And then it happens, and I was like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> it's really, um, really too ooh. bad it happened to Lilith, you know. <laughs> but yeah, but guess what? If you uh, wait a little bit, uh, Kelly Chambers <sighs> is in that. Plot. Look, I am never like an advocate of like killing off characters intentionally in things like Mass Effect because that is just stupid. It's petty. It is not like it's not good for the war effort to just fucking let people die because you don't like them. So fine, I'll go. I'll go get everybody on time. And plus, like if you don't go in time. Kelly's the one you see die, but basically everybody but Chocolate dies if you don't come. Yeah, you don't want to kill off the engineering yeah, people. Like... They're, they're great. I love them. Mm-hmm. No so one left fun. behind. No one left behind. Yeah, yeah. And I do like that Chocolate always lives because Mass Effect recognizes that Chocolate is one of the secret best characters. Uh, well, unless you make Effect. a certain decision in this mission right now. Right? Right. You are correct. Yes. That's also one that we're going to talk about because that's a super weird choice one. And yeah. Um, so we now have to uh, to make a decision uh, we to keep going to find where these tubes of liquefied people are going and, and figure out what the collectors are doing with all the abducted and uh, smoothified humans <laughs> i was trying to think of a better verb for that i just could not adjective um we got to get through a whole lot of seeker swarms that morden's countermeasures cannot handle so we've got to basically project a biotic field a bubble that we're going to walk through that will protect us from the uh from the from the seeker swarms so <laughs> again you would think that this would be a really obvious mm-hmm. choice. Someone who's got to make a biotic bubble. Uh, so you need a strong biotic. And wouldn't you know it, Samara and Jack are just <laughs> hanging out there. They're doing pretty all But Miranda right. could do it too. In uh, theory, any biotic. <laughs> but Miranda, hey, Miranda. Yeah, we've got Miranda, Jacob, and my personal favorite, Thane, can apparently be chosen for yeah. this one. <laughs> Um, yeah, because every time I look at Thane, I think biotic powerhouse. <laughs> I think bubble guy. <laughs> and so, uh, but then we also have to, uh, do another weird thing where we split up into fire teams again. We'll send the other one down a different path and we got to pick a leader for that. So here I actually switched the fire team, 
uh, leader, and I went from it being Garrus to Miranda, because apparently Miranda is literally a catch-all for this one. You don't even need her to right. be loyal to handle Well, it's because like, she has to one. be like the person that gives dialogue throughout the mission, so... If right. they, so like she gets to be um, immortal for like a minute yeah in fact now that i'm looking at our list so far unless you put miranda in the vent there is no way for miranda i to don't think miranda yet. can be put in the vent so yeah yeah you're right so there's literally no way for miranda to have died by this point uh fact that natalie flores is very happy about <laughs> <laughs> sorry you're looking coming up uh so this is another weird situation where uh if you pick the wrong fire team leader say you don't pick miranda uh and, and you can pick jacob or garris if they're loyal and it'll work otherwise uh the fire team leader mm-hmm. will die i always thought that was kind of a strange one i thought we'd do another one where it's like death of one random squad member because that would be way more chaotic and fun but <laughs> Uh, we gotta walk the bubble. Well, we also now, we have and... one, we have one more choice I'm gonna make. We gotta what? send the escort. Oh, okay, right. I thought I thought we did that after what? this. See, I'm getting my this one. This one here for me here to keep you in check. Uh huh. Uh huh. So now that we've got the crew here, we got to assign somebody to take the uh, the the crew back, uh, escort them back, or you can send that back unescorted, and then they just fucking die. <laughs> which is hilarious it's like like, no you guys are fine you know all that stuff that literally almost just killed us just walk on back that's it's like such a weird thing because it's like they painted us the renegade choice like no the mission comes first we need everybody here we need everybody looking forward but it's just like it's like a the morinth thing it's like why would you be that fucking bullheaded to make this decision you also have like a brady bunch of people there that I think this was the point I sent Jacob off because I was just like, I'm not going to use Jacob. I, on this so mission. I will. I will say now though, to, you know, nine years ago, this choice almost fucking got me because later, like the very end of the mission, there's a bunch of background math that happens, and I sent Grunt as long as the escort because I was like, my uh. thought process was somebody that's very like combat capable it needs to be the person that goes with them. It's like, all right, Grunt, you're fucking tank, go. Um, little did I know that if I had not downloaded Zaid, I would have lost somebody. But we will get to the math of that in a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, that stuff is super interesting because I want to say the one time I've ever played through this and messed that up, I did not have Zaid because I just didn't want to play as him. And then I might have sent somebody, like, I feel like at least the first time I played this, I probably sent mm-hmm. Grunt, and then other times I probably also did the same, uh, or, or some similar character, because I'm like, oh, you need somebody who can, like, you know, kill a lot of things, can be like a one-man army. Right. Um, and I think I've lost Jack in one of my playthroughs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might have been, like, my Ashley Romance playthrough of Mass Effect 2, so, like, my second playthrough of Mass Effect 2, I made that error, but... Uh, I, I honestly cannot tell you for sure. I just feel like I have seen Jack die mm. in one of my my playthroughs. Um, so we send someone on back. You know, we I I already said I did Jacob. Who did I you send, send for this one? Yeah. You send Morden. Yeah, that I like Morden. Well, my thing is like he he you know, is I, ultimately. I always end up sending somebody that I'm like, okay, you're capable, but if you died, I I'd get over it. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's the thing that was like, I wouldn't get. I know Morden 
Like, because like I said, Grunt initially before I knew like the actual like background of how this mission worked. But now that I know that Morden is the easiest person to die, I'm like, you're the one that contributes the least to what's going on. So let's let's send you that way. So now that we've sent the escort, we can walk the bubble, which I'm sure, uh, as as a fellow Vanguard, Ken, you must have really loved this because I know it was just peaches. Mm. It's, it was great. It was wonderful. It was a whole it was thing. Yeah, so like good. I, it, at least there were husks at the end that I could shockwave because like that was like that oh, was yeah, good. No. But like the rest of it was like, that... wow, like, you're killing my vibe because if I leave this bubble, I'm gonna be fucking eaten alive. So yeah, it's it's a really cool concept mm. that is really awesome and has a lot of really cool moments where like the the biotic field starts to flicker right. and you have that moment of like oh, is yep. it gonna go down did i like pick the and, like, wrong you person see them, and stuff like there's a lot of really you see them cool getting moments. like physically tired and like drained as they're going uh-huh. on so like it's again it's sort of like the it's like the same way that the events where it's like it does a really good job of like making this feel dire and that you're all like this, like again this is a team effort that you got to be like paying attention to what's actually going on and it's not just you know it's not just a run of the mill mission where everybody just happens to be here there's like actually shit going on that makes you like kind of always be facing your decisions which i really like this mission's so fucking good it's so fucking like just despite the silliness of it that we keep like poking fun at like just like in concept and in execution i think it's just it's so good so we we get to the uh i'm assuming you picked samara by the way i picked samara yeah okay yeah she's yeah like it's one the first time you meet her she's literally murdering someone with her biotics like come on uh so we get through this and we basically get to the uh the last stop where we're going to take two people with us uh into the final fight and then everyone else has got to hold the line and make sure that we've got an exit door back out of uh wherever we are and uh this part is also kind of weird because loyalty super comes into play here because whoever you bring into the final fight will die if they're not loyal (laughs) which is maybe one of I, I will actually say this is the choice I least like mm. because that is a super I don't feel like it actually ends up reflecting anything about the characters right. and their loyalty because we talked uh, way early on about how the way I feel that loyalty is handled is that it's the idea that these characters have something mm. to fight for versus these characters having something um, that they'll die with regrets or whatever they have other things mm. in their mind kind of like they've a lot of these characters you, you think you're kind of doing this thing where it's like okay i can die now like i've done this one thing but really it's it ends up giving them something that they want to live for you've got oriana from miranda you've got thane's right. son you've got i don't know what jacob's got uh, but who cares he's he's escorting <laughs> the crew back and <laughs> do whatever chakwas has really got a handle i gave her a pistol on the way out um <laughs> it's um yeah i mean and and so it's weird to just have it be like this arbitrary you know it's oh well they weren't loyal enough so they didn't survive this yeah, fight like if they had, had like maybe made some sort of like alternate scenes and cause like what happens if these people die is like they get like something falls on them and then like when you get them up they're dead like that's just the thing and it's like if they maybe made like alternate scenes where like they kind of like falter in the fight or something like sort of like and then get like overtaken just taken out like that I think would have made more sense and it would have been in line with like the idea of loyalty but here it's just kind of like it's a ch- yeah. like you know a checkpoint that it you know did you do this person's loyalty mission and it's so, like if you're if you're for some reason whether it's like you didn't do their missions or like you lost or like you didn't 
get the Paragon Renegade check in one of the fights between like Jack and Miranda, Tally and Legion, just don't fucking bring them along. <laughs> like, leave them in a, like leave yeah. them for the fight where they have a chance for survival. Um, because I believe that if they're disloyal, they go to immediately to like the bottom of the list of like like they're the first people that can die regardless of like sort of like the fighting capability math they do in the background. Yeah, so we'll get to the math in a second because I still like I I'm also like looking at this and trying to remember what this math even is, and it's just a, a whole mess. So we'll get to that in in a moment. But first, we got to talk about what we're actually fighting, which is we finally find out what the collectors are doing, and essentially, kind of what the reapers are doing. This is kind of the justification we get where I, I think we talked about at the end of Mass Effect One where like you know what is the point of the harvest you know why why are they doing this you know what do they get they talk about how they round up all these species but like what are they getting out of it other than just killing mm-hmm. a bunch of people and as we find out it's to grow their ranks it's reproduction being yeah kind of they're boy <laughs> i was about to say something and i stopped myself <laughs> well you might as well say it and if it's bad i can edit it out Re- reaper's really fucking uh, us huh? <laughs> oh man all right um <laughs> oh hello to any current uh, or potential employers <laughs> could be listening to this podcast um so yeah it's the the reapers are essentially they use the genetic goop of whatever uh species they've harvested to make more reapers and it seems like they're super infatuated with uh shepherd to the point that they just made the t-1000 from terminator <laughs> they basically just made a terminator uh that looks like a person it looks this is ridiculous it's really dumb <laughs> it's really I, dumb like even now i'm just like who <laughs> i'm because like the the weird the weird Someone thing was is like what if you fought a giant person what if it what if it was people the weird thing is, is like up to a certain point it people. looks like the beginning of like an actual reaper like how they look which is like these sort of like cephalopod kind of things mm-hmm. but then like it gets to like the upper part of it and it literally just it has a face it has arms it I knowing what reapers actually look like how does that become that I don't like ima- okay imagine that yeah, fucker. Well flying through dark space like um, (laughs) what if i mean we only saw from the torso up what if like the bottom half was still going to be a cephalopod and it was like a centaur (laughs) it's just kind of floating along with a big human part up top going (laughs) i just like it's it's this you shot me oh my god okay it's like it's it's this reveal that is like in premise horrifying and like it like I, I'm trying to think of, like, an equivalent, because, like, Shepard is, like, stone-faced the entire time looking at this thing. Well, I'm, like, I I don't, I don't want to say I was as dismissive of it when I was, like, 17, but, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I was probably, like, cackling looking at it. I, I don't know. Even even now, I was still kind of like, it almost ends up being a comical moment, because the way it looks at you is the same way that that character and who framed roger rabbit i'm glad that hmm. twice now in mass effect 2 i have referenced who framed roger rabbit um 
but when the the cartoon guy gets run over by the steamroller and then he stands up he does the whole thing where he's like and when i killed your brother i talked just like this <laughs> and ken you need to watch apparently that movie. So. it's a really apparently good movie so. <laughs> it's a very very good movie very in line with the themes of mass effect 2 <laughs> uh, surprisingly so actually now that i think about it but we'll do that on our who framed roger rabbit mm. retrospective don't worry um in the meantime, we gotta kill this goofy-looking Terminator dude because apparently that's what the collectors have been making. And yeah, man, there really aren't any other Reapers that look like other species. I'm just like thinking about that now. It doesn't Every make any Reaper sense. Like find... I don't understand it. Yeah, like, like are they just gonna were they just that obsessed with Shepard that they're like, we need a new form? And then they saw how it performed in this fight against Shepard, and we were like, that was a dumb idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um this this fight is kind of cool uh fighting the giant reaper it has like some cool parts to it uh i think just the scale of it is something that they were only really able to replicate again like once or twice in mass effect 3 for the most part with reapers this is probably one of the biggest fights you have yeah like this is literally fighting a reaper uh and they do a really good job with the scale of it the the stage is really cool the setting for it's really cool the the cycles the way it just like kind of peers over and shoots the mouth laser and stuff like that that's all really cool it just feels like it goes on a little too long like there's just one too many cycles to it and you kind of wish that it maybe had some more attacks that were maybe a little bit you know trying harder like because it just kind of has the mouth laser and then i think it can like punch the platforms or something or yeah like it slams down on them that that works i don't know i will say it's like it's like the ocarina of time boss the the bongo Mm. one where it just like slaps the platform i will say though it has the exact same problem the thorian does where it's like it's one weakness is a hole that it is like like directly under it is suspended above this fucking chasm that we can shoot (laughs) <laughs> these, these tubes down and then it just falls God, stop building things over bottomless chasms <laughs> it's i mean it would have made more sense if you're like disabling some sort of lock that was right. keeping it suspended and then like maybe below it there was a hole that led out to the sun or something and then you could watch it like fall into the sun and maybe it was falling into the sun it could like have its hand be up in the air but then it gave you a thumbs up <laughs> as it was going down because it's the mm. terminator <laughs> uh yeah overall so i will just say for for what i brought into this i brought uh i brought garris and samara into it and that was because uh this mission actually i think it was at the very beginning i was like you know what i haven't used samara much this game i'm gonna bring her along i've never really seen what she does Mm -hmm. in combat she's kind of a i think she's a no she's not a vanguard she's a a, an adept yeah but she always kind of reminded me of a vanguard just the way that you know her her personality and the way that the cutscenes kind of betrayed her fighting style is very like close quarters oriented so i always just kind of assumed like oh you know we kind of do the same thing so i'm not going to bring her uh same reason i rarely ever use jack uh yeah so if which jack is also a vanguard or is she i think she's technically a vanguard because she's got um like yeah abilities and well right um but i i I brought along samara and the first time i finally used Mm. reeve on something and i saw what happened i was like what hello best best ability in the game 
yeah there's just a thing that's like hey i want that thing over there to just die <laughs> like i just want it to implode and so i brought samara along on this final mission because i was like okay we'll see mm. how it works in the boss and uh guess what ken it works real yeah. real well <laughs> it's really yeah. good like garris did not need to be there it could have been just honestly i could have just sent samara yep. I could, like go take samara, care of it, fuck up a a reaper. it. Like, yeah. yeah uh that ability owns mm-hmm. really hard which is why it's always just, uh who'd you it's always a yeah, right. pick for shepherd uh i brought thane and tally thane because um like, those are my two favorite characters in Mass Effect too for sure but also like thane is I, like, Thane doesn't really have a role in the suicide mission, but I feel like as a squad mate, he's, like, ace because he's got warp. He's basically, like... And he's got, like, shredder ammo as well. So he's, like, perfectly specced to fight collectors. And then Tally, because, like, she's my ride or die. Like, she's, she's coming mm-hmm. with me, even though she's got nothing. She got she, she does have energy drain, which, like, does work a little bit on shields, which is fine. Even though, her, like... But she's got, like, pistols and shotguns, which is, like, not a super great uh, weapon. Right. You, know. you kind of want range yeah. in this fight. But she... Gotta bring her with me. She's been with me since the beginning. Well, she's good at taking out ads with her drone mm. and all that, and she's got, like, the pistol and shotguns. She can take out the ads while you're focusing on the, the boss right. with Thane. That works right. pretty well. Um, meanwhile, downstairs, uh, our, our teammates are holding line. This is where all this uh, incredible math comes into play, which is this whole system that I didn't know existed even well after uh, the suicide mission. I always thought that the choices ended at the final fight. Uh, but apparently there is some background math that happens here and I didn't know about it for the longest time. And now that I know about it, I still feel like I don't know it's about like... it. But we're going to try <laughs> and get through it here. Um, yeah, so, I mean, can correct me if I'm wrong here, but basically each party member is kind of they're in tiers of their combat mm-hmm. ability like there's their general combat ability right. and then if they are loyal or not they can kind of vary in those tiers between uh, a higher value or a lower right. value so like for example the the most combat powerful you can have is grunt zaid or garris uh when they're loyal and that's a four whereas the lowest you can have is a non-loyal Jack, Kasumi, Tally, or Morden, who is a zero. Right. <laughs> Literally useless. Um, and all those numbers of everyone down there get crunched together. And if you have a high enough average, depending on how many teammates you have down there, and their overall combat average, then everyone survives. However, if you do not, then you start to lose party mm. members and there's like this weird sort of cascading effect where you could start to lose members that could also drop your average which could then lead to more right. death uh and that's the part where it gets super weird because basically i, I in some ways the dlc is almost pay to lose <laughs> because you're uh, watering down the averages i mean zaid is at the upper echelon he can be a four but also kasumi is at the bottom mm-hmm. and she could be a zero and i feel like in those cases you know zaid is always going to move move it up whereas kasumi is only going to drag it back down to even so it is kind of weird that even bringing kasumi like to the suicide mission is 
a net negative unless you take her with you to the final fight. And so that's like what you were just talking about with um, Tali uh, not being super combat effective also plays out because you, if you are in a certain situation where maybe you don't have everyone loyal or something like that, you want to bring people into the boss fight with you who might be loyal but aren't right. super good at fighting, which is just this, – this part is – wholly bizarre to me and it's this weird background math that i don't like because up to this point it's all kind of been decisions that we have mm-hmm. made as as commander shepherd and now it's just like okay let's see if you did the loyalty thing it's or not little, and i mean in fairness there is it's not necessarily outward outwardly implied but it's like uh miranda says like pick a team to go with you whoever's here can you know be the ones to you know hold the line so it's not necessarily implied specifically like you need to be careful about who you leave behind, but it is one of the things where like everything the mission has taught you at this point is like the people who you have set for any job need to be capable in what it is. So even if you like you don't get the actual like menu of characters, you're still having to like remember you are leaving people to do the job. And so it's kind of like it, it is mostly implied and the math of it can get kind of fuzzy in the background because like you can like you can even leave like just Zaid and Garrus and they can survive but if there are other people like it gets all complicated and weird which I guess they can kind of explain away as like the combat capable characters are having to defend the ones that are less so so like it just kind of like you have to do a lot of sort of like filling in the blanks there so I I honestly like it mm-hmm. a lot I just I get why it can be like it feels somewhat antithetical to the rest of the mission but also in a weird way very very in line with it but yeah it's like i can see how it could get under somebody's skin if especially if you lose people to math you didn't realize it's there i just think it 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 almost cheapens the idea of loyalty because it it makes it into this thing where i i like the idea of loyalty being like you know you're you're making the extra effort to it's not something that's necessary but it's something that you can do to kind of make sure that not only is your your team good and you're going to be prepared, but also that you like care about the character and you want to see more of their story. And so it kind of cheapens it down into this thing like, well, did you do all the missions that we implied you might want to do? Well, then good job. Otherwise, we're going to start killing people that you, you like or don't like. Uh, and I don't know. Like, I... the comparison I would draw is that if you got... Say you were playing Fire Emblem and you got to a certain mission... And if you didn't, like, have an S-rank support relationship between two units, then one of them just died. I mean, like... It, and it, it just feels like this arbitrary plucking away that you had no input in. And then this thing that you would kind of been told was... I mean, and, and to be fair, I'm making it sound like it's this side thing. It's not. Right. They're pretty, like, straightforward in being like, hey, you should do right. stuff for your squad mates and, and help them with their loyalty. And the game even is like hey, somebody wants to talk to you and we're going to put this mission in your journal mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, they definitely outright tell you that loyalty is something you should care about. But I think reducing it to this math thing instead of having it be the situation where, uh, you know, maybe you say, okay, everybody else is going back with the crew of the Normandy. We're going to go up there. We're going to need, like, to leave some people behind to hold the door, though. You know, if say you had to send more people back with the crew at that point and you could only take the fire team that you knew was going to be able to make it to the end. And then that was how you made that decision. And so then this math was happening with the people that you chose to leave at the door and not just whoever is left. I think that's the part that really bugs me is that it's just 
hey, who's left and how many points do they have? It feels like a weird cleaning up of the table. Like, you know, well, we've got to make sure we do all of the math and stuff that we need to do. So I, don't know, I, th- I feel like it's one of the things where the the binary ones and zeros of making video games sort of raise its ugly head because it, how else are you going to sort of make the game recognize the to the best of its ability that you've left somebody like Morden behind to like defend the door like to so that's what i mean is that it could have been that choice like when you get to the crew you say okay this is going to get only worse from here on out make a selection if there's anybody you want to send back now that you think isn't going to be able to tough it out you should probably do that now i think having that step and then that determining you know like then you get to the part where it's hold the line and the math starts clicking and so then maybe it's a bad thing that you sent too many people back and now you don't have enough like combat numbers to hold back the the reaper swarm and you start losing people down there and that's the choice you've made but that's that's what i'm saying is that it just feels like there's a step missed and instead of having that be a deliberate choice you made it's just kind of like they were looking at it and they were like oh well we gotta do some sort of thing so that it actually mattered whether you did loyalty for everybody else or not and so we're just going to add this in there and if you didn't do loyalty for people we're just going to start killing them like it just feels very hand wavy uh, and, and that's maybe one of my larger things with the suicide mission that I didn't like because uh, it it does just feel a little bit like oh well we need to do something and it, honestly it's something you probably don't ever see unless you have gotten to this point in the game and you haven't because if you've done loyalty for everyone you're probably going to average out because I, I think it's you just have to be over a 2.0 mm-hmm. average and unless you like let's say you take Grunt and Garrus with you and so, yeah, you would basically have to, like, take Grunt and Garrus with you into the final fight, not have Zaid, and then have party members who aren't loyal uh, downstairs holding the line. Uh, that would be where it would start to... Um, you might, like, lose one party member or something like that. Uh, yeah, I, I... And that I could understand, but... I think yeah. it just kind of gets to, like, what is ultimately the underlying feeling I have about the suicide mission in terms of the way that, like, you make decisions and such. It's just, like, the most obvious answers are there. It's just more about people that don't seem to realize that, like, you need to pick the most optimal thing, not just a, you know, a passing grade or what what appears to be a passing grade. Right. And, and you got to think about not just, like, how, like, you know, not just the task at hand, but the tasks that everybody will have mm. to be doing because while it would be nice to have the a team in fact i think that might have been the playthrough where i lost jack was it, i had grunt and garris mm. as my team in the final fight and then i didn't have zaid mm. and that would have dropped my average low enough that i could have had a between one and two which would have killed off my one of my party mm. members um so yeah it, that all that being said it is still a super cool part to come out of there and do this whole run to the uh, to the ship. Well, and before we do the, that, well, oh yeah, first we gotta we gotta make some decisions first. <laughs> Keeping you in check. Oh boy, yeah, no, yeah, no, because I was about to say the the explosion. I was like, wait, the but, explosion came mm-hmm. from something. Um, so man, why is this not pulled up correctly? I was totally gonna have this pulled up. Um we do have to make a decision about what we're going to do with the um the collector base itself once we have kind of killed off the the bad reaper 
because uh, the elusive man he's got some plans he he uh he wants the 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 collector base to s- secure humanity's future against the reapers and beyond i tried to do i tried to do martin sheen once this whole time i ended up doing jfk (laughs) 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 that tells you what i think about martin sheen um (laughs) so you are mad at these future against the repos um yeah so ked i've gone back and forth on this many times because i try to make this decision not knowing Mm. what will happen eventually but also kind of knowing that this is overall not a super uh this is not a i'm trying to i'm trying to think of the way to say this this is not a critical thing overall it does like change some things in mass effect 3 but not in a it major changes way. things for people that suck at mass effect 3 and we will explain that when we get to mass effect 3 but well, I think we can even I think we can even talk about it here. Basically, I don't think it's like terrible to talk about. I, I, it here. That's, but yeah, okay. so we get we get the choice to either give the base to the elusive man for research or destroy it. And destroying is ostensibly the paragon action and preserving it is the renegade mm. action. And I also feel like that's super messed up because that should be flipped because my paragon ass was like as much as I want to destroy this thing, we can't, you know, deny that it it's could do some good. And one of the uh, it's a, renegade is totally middle fingers in the air. Fuck you! I'm blowing this thing up. <laughs> I think like the the weird thing to me is that they do that sort of like des- they designate it as paragon renegade as sort of like a moral thing where you're like, I don't want to keep this base. It's an abomination. People died here. This is bad. Like, well, then maybe don't destroy all of this technology that these people have been using. So like we can learn more about our enemy, like it, it, it that the notion of that is so it's it's bullshit to me. Like the, even so, even if all the characters, if you talk to them on the normal relator, disagree with you uh, keeping the base, Zaid has this really good line. Like if you take him with you, where he says, "If somebody hands you a weapon, you don't complain that it's dirty," and yeah, that's that's like my thing is like, it is incredibly short sighted for me to like waste all the all that these people went through, on some moral high ground when like I know that it, this isn't the case. But what if like the key to defeating the Reapers was here and we just blew it up because we I I I can't even like you can maybe even say you don't trust the elusive man. That's relatively fair, but they don't necessarily frame it that way. It's more like I don't know. It's it is a very weird... It's a weird choice. And I don't... Like, regardless of what happens later, I don't get why... I don't know. I just don't... I don't get why destroying it, basically, like, despite the elusive man and the Reapers, is the thing to do. Yeah, it just... It, it seems so short-sighted. It seems so just... I don't know. It's... It's a whole thing. It's a bizarre contrast. And so... We, we will say, so this is maybe spoilers from Mass Effect 3 in some ways. Uh, if you are trying to stay unspoiled in your playthrough here, then, um, you know, just la-la-la-la <laughs> for a little bit. Uh, in Mass Effect 3, this affects it in so much as uh, preserving the facility will add a Reaper brain well, to your war assets. Uh, 
which I think has something to do with, yeah, so I'm reading here in the wiki that it, like, has to do with the control it, ending. It unlocks endings in a different order, so, like, it's, like, your war assets, basically the way Mass Effect 3 works is, you know, your war assets unlock tiers of endings, and basically, depending right. on what you pick here, the order of them is flipped. And so... Right, so you would get the control ending sooner right. in the war asset, like, escalation mm-hmm. than you would the destroy or synthesis right. endings. Whereas, if you destroy it, you get a Reaper Heart, which effectively just puts destroy first, right. and then and then control, and then yeah. synthesis. And so that's like, um, again, that, that really mostly applies to people that don't, you know, get the war that they need to have access to any possible outcome. So, it's yeah, and, and there's like we'll get to like the nuance of those choices and how I think that in some ways that this choice kind of makes sense in the way that it plays out in that game. But overall, it's like regards what you pick is kind of negated if you're good enough at Mass Effect Three. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Poe, it's it does affect your choices, <laughs> um, and it. This is also worth pointing out. The wiki points this out. Again, thank you so much to the Mass Effect wiki, which has gotten me through <laughs> so many of these episodes. Um, if Miranda's in the party, you get a few extra lines of dialogue between her and the elusive man. I believe I have taken her into that fight before, so I've seen that, and it's interesting. Yeah. But um, it, it definitely hammers home the point, I think, that we talked about around the um, the collectorship mission, where you can kind of see where even if not just Jacob, then especially Miranda has kind of lost right. uh, faith, has become disillusioned with the idea of Cerberus. Uh, and she already was kind of just in it for her own mm-hmm. benefits. And it was just also helpful that she could, you know, be helping humanity and stuff. But then eventually you get to this point where she, she's just like, I, I can't deal with you anymore. I'm out. And uh, that's, that's always cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Get, get those toxic, dudes out of your life that's how i feel get them out of there um so then i believe so we actually did this in the wrong order because we kind of make that decision before we fight the no we do we just we refight the human reaper um okay fine that's that's the reaper after this decision Yeah. yeah yeah um so we decide whether we're going to keep or destroy the base and then we destroy the reaper uh, so we did actually do that a little bit out of order, but whatever. <laughs> and um, now we we kind of get to a thing where we're running out of the collectorship. Either we're being fired out, or there's also like a destruction thing happening. But also destroying the Reaper, I think, does something to the gravitational field yeah. of the collector base uh, that's going to like mess with it and send it into the sun or something. Or yeah, um, <laughs> it's. It's all kind of silly because this is one of those things where it's very telltale in that they kind of have to make it all come to one cutscene regardless of whatever choices you've made. And so there are definitely some things that are glossed over here a little bit. Um, and we we do a big run. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> this is the really fun one. If you have at least two companions still alive <laughs> at this point... They will save you uh, when you do your big heroic jump uh, to the uh, to the Normandy. But if you have only one or you have zero, it'll be Joker there 
and he'll mess he'll he won't be able to save you and shepherd just dies yep and theoretically someone's mass effect playthrough could end here because you can't import that save into mass mm-hmm. effect 3 because commander shepherd doesn't exist anymore so i really like i really 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 like that there is a way to mess this up so bad that everyone dies including the main right. character it's like a non-standard game and you just yeah it's um to use it um to use some visual novel terminology like endings like this are usually in in visual novels you have things that are called like bad ends or or um or or death flags essentially um that are uh things that especially in longer visual novels like say like face stay night and stuff like that uh there are a lot of places where hey you made the wrong choice so now you die and then you get a little thing that's like hey you should have maybe you should do this other thing maybe you should trust this other person instead or maybe you shouldn't go running into the woods where a giant berserker is killing everything (laughs) and um that's what this ends up feeling like but not like one of the cheesy bad ends but like one of the um the alternate ends that ends up being more fleshed out it's like this alternate timeline of what could have happened and it's kind of fun in that way because it's a thing you don't often see in like AAA mm. video game development, and it was maybe indicative of a more playful side of Bioware that has, has, mm. has died along with its soul. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but it, it it is really cool that it can end that way that you can just like botch this yeah. so terribly <laughs> that everyone dies. Yeah. I wonder oh. if anybody's ever gotten to that genuinely, though. Because, like, I feel like you have to kind of work at that to make that happen. Because you have, yeah, to, have, you have like, to have, like, no upgrades. No loyalty. You have to like, no lo- make no loyalty. bad decisions. You have to like, every bad decision. Pick the wrong people all the time. Yeah. Like, it would be really hard to intentionally or, or unintentionally get to that point. Especially, like, how we said earlier, they definitely do suggest to you that, hey, you should be doing all this stuff. Right. So, uh, yeah yeah that is not the end though we do have a little bit of an epilogue um we we have a um as we're escaping so if we chose to destroy uh the base it blows up if uh we chose not to destroy the base uh it just does this weird blue radiation thing that kills all organic life but the the base is still good uh and then we get to have a little bit of a uh conversation here with the a debrief if you will yeah yeah um and and this is kind of a weird thing so they do some fun stuff here by the way where um i I think it's the star Mm -hmm. yeah the star behind the elusive man is colored different colors depending on what you you chose um and you get you get a little bit of dialogue basically he's either like super angry with you he's like that could have if you destroyed it, oh, that could have saved it and all that. Um, or if you spared it, he's like super happy with you. He's like, good, yes, we've, <laughs> we've got this, yes. Um, and then if if everyone's dead, Joker right. talks to the elusive man, which is also great, mm-hmm. <laughs> just great. How many times in life have uh, Seth Green uh, and and Martin Sheen talked to each other, and we've got it in video game probably form. just this once that's just great um literally yeah. just this once they didn't even record together it was separate yeah. days <laughs> so my, that's not true I don't the thing that. that i think is um, good about this is that 
this conversation will leave this man. It can take different tones depending on how you approach it because you can either be like very agreeable with him and being like, oh yeah, this is for humanity. We're gonna, you know, use it to move forward. Or you could be like I did where I was kind of like, this isn't about us. This is about the galaxy. This is about not being fucking stupid. And so like the at the very end, he's like, uh, Shepard, we need each other. And then I just told Joker to shut him off and walked away with a smirk on my face. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yeah, it's it's also kind of the point where you, you get to be like, hey, look, Art, this was what we intended to do, whether, you know, whether we worked well together or not, we're done. This yeah. is it. We're, you know, our relationship is ended. Uh, and Thanks then, for the show. You know, eventually we do, yeah, eventually we do get to the point that sets up, uh, you know, how we get from there to the, uh, to the eventual beginning of Mass Effect 3, but uh we do have one last scene where if anyone has died, you kind of, you know, right. it goes over the casket. It's a very somber moment. Uh, if Shepard died, there is a casket with an N7 mm-hmm. logo on it. <laughs> Again, the ways that that game ends if Shepard dies are deeply funny <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, and if, but if everyone survived, you get this kind of happy ending where everyone's working on right. fixing up the Normandy and you can see Kelly hanging out. Mm. Um, you know, there's all these, all the other characters, which is also super weird because we talked a lot this game about how there are optional party members and there are definitely people that you could right. not recruit. Uh, and so they kind of plan their cutscenes accordingly. So really it's just like Miranda, Jacob and, and Morden in a lot of these scenes. And so here, but we get to see some characters like Legion, yeah. Jack and, and Garrus and Grunt. They're all like hanging out and it's, it's a nice little uh, bow tie until we see a reaper in mm, dark space a lot of them with a ton of other yeah. reapers oh la they the coming Milky way oh man mm. <laughs> yeah so uh yeah that's that's mass effect well, too we got we got can, can we got to talk about a few things first so yeah so what do you what do you want to i want to hone in i want to address here? the suicide mission as a concept first because I feel like this is something okay. that you and I have okay. kind of had disagreements on in this, this show. I feel like the suicide mission, which I think is an expertly executed great thing, I kind of feel like it might have been the worst thing that possibly happened in the Mass Effect series. Because I feel like it oh. has, it more than anything, really kind of misconstrued to people what the series was and like how it sort of reacted to what you do in the game. Because it is the only thing in this series that really has a best ending. Like a true... Like a true ending, per se. Um, mm-hmm. So my, my thing is, I wonder... And we hinted at this a little bit. Do you feel like this might have been... Because, like, there aren't... In other, like, big climactic moments in the series, whether it's, like, Vermeer or the, the Battle of the Citadel, um, you don't really get these clear-cut, definitive, best possible outcomes. And I feel like mm-hmm. the suicide mission might have skewed people's view of the series in a way that probably resulted in a fair bit of the controversy that happened with Mass Effect 3's ending as well. Um, at least, like, a, at least like a, a particular subset of it. Like, you know, we will get into more of the specifics later, but it's more like this notion that there is a way to, like, game the system to the point where you can get out unscathed. Um, I, I wouldn't go that far. Why not? Because I think ultimately, 
the issue and this is again maybe getting into things with mass effect 3 but it's also been on my mind because game of thrones just premiered recently and there's been a lot of talk about whether that series can ever have a good enough ending to live up to what it's been and that's kind of the ultimate thing with every long-running series whether you know it's a trilogy or whether it's even just a single game is that eventually you throw all these threads out and it's really exciting to see them span across all these different places but eventually they all have to tie back in together and 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 get tied up with a neat little bow and that process is probably one of the hardest things to do Mm. in writing these long series because it's really easy to keep coming up with new exciting things to happen but having them all eventually tie together in a way that feels both meaningful and purposeful uh, is extremely difficult. And uh, in that respect, that's why I like the suicide mission a lot because the entire objective of Mass Effect 2 is the suicide mission. Like Mass Effect 1, you kind of have this nebulous thing where it's like, oh, we got to track down Saren and you, we've got visions and those are probably bad. And there's this thing about the Reapers. It's very nebulous in terms of what the the main objective of that game is beyond just there's people doing bad stuff and we gotta stop them uh and and mass effect 3 i think does a better job as well uh closer to mass effect 2 uh where you you do have this genuine focus where it is like the reapers are invading you need to beat the reapers but uh it's still kind of nebulous because for all and again this is something we're going to talk about a lot in mass effect 3 is that for a long period of time in mass effect 3 the thing that you're looking for is just kind of this thing that exists but no one knows what it is and then when it you do finally learn what it is it's it's very again nebulous is the phrase i would use i like the specificity of the suicide Mm -hmm. mission it's i mean I think by design, Mass Effect 2 is supposed to elicit feelings of things like the Dirty Dozen, the Magnificent Mm -hmm. Seven, Seven Samurai, that like, the thing that is going to happen, they're not ever going to be lauded for Mm -hmm. it in the way that you were in Mass Effect 1 or 3. You know, there's there's not going to be statues made to commemorate the sacrifice that happened here. It's primarily, you're helping people in the Outer Rims, it's heavily implied that the council just doesn't care about any of this. They're not going to help you out at all besides maybe giving you back your specter status. If you sweet talk them. But, um, the large portion of this is that you're just doing it because it's the right thing. Mm. Shepard believes is the right thing to do. You believe it's the right thing to do. And you're going to do this one thing that could kill all of you, but you know that it needs to be done and you're the only one that can do it. And so in that way, yeah you could have had some sort of way to to have it end where no matter what there could be like a bad twist on the end of this but this is a story that kind of exists in its own right i mean this is the part of any trilogy where you kind of have that story that exists Mm -hmm. on its own that isn't part of the overarching plot you look at like the lord of the rings where a lot of the two towers is about the thing that eventually leads to helm's deep and all that kind of stuff that doesn't really have a huge amount to do with Sauron Mm. and and the War of the Rings. I know I'm like throwing out tons of pop culture (laughs) references. So if you're listening and you haven't seen all these things, I'm super sorry. Um, You you have the same thing with the, the last Jedi or, or or Empire Strikes Back where they kind of focus on things that maybe aren't tied into the overall plot of say overthrowing the empire, Mm. but uh, they are still important stories and they end up standing out a lot more in their own right, because this is the part of, 
the trilogy where you get to focus the most on developing characters and doing individual stories that don't have to have some sort of um, imminent, timely tie to whatever crisis is currently happening in the galaxy. Like, a lot of Mass Effect 3 is still tied into that, like, oh, the galaxy's on fire, we need to go fix it. So you don't get a lot of those moments where you you get to go take care of a personal quest or you get to have this like very introspective thing like like Samara's uh, loyalty mission because there are just larger things to handle. It's just the nature of the beast. You're tying up the trilogy at that point. You need to have everything have some sort of meaning towards the end goal. Uh, all of that is to say, um, I think the issues with Mass Effect 3's ending, or at least my issues with Mass Effect 3's ending, don't stem as much from the fact that it comes from having no true quote-unquote ending because i think it i personally think it does have a quote-unquote true ending uh it it is maybe not the most perfect in the way that the suicide mission is but it definitely is the one that i think most people would consider canon and the correct one uh for various reasons that don't worry we will get (laughs) into eventually um but uh it's the suicide mission yeah it it is kind of weird that it has a true end, but at the same time, it, it does feel like it's just a reward for doing things the right way, doing things in a way that feels very intentional, and, and like you're trying to, like we said earlier, you're making use of the systems, you're making thoughtful choices, you're thinking about um, your squad mates and making sure that they have everything, all their affairs settled. Uh, so it could have instilled a little bit of a feeling that like, Oh, why wasn't there a way for me to do that with the Reapers? Mm. But I think that it was always going to feel that way because you were either going to end up giving Shepard a silver bullet that was going to kill the Reapers. And that ends up feeling cheap because it's like, okay, we spent all this time building up this enemy. That's impossibly huge. And now you just find this magic thing. It's like, Oh, this was the, this was the kryptonite. This is all we needed. Good job. And uh, that feels really cheap. But then the flip side is you have to find some way to take a piece of the player out when you finish it, no matter what. And that's always going to hurt a little bit, especially in a, a series. That's all about attachment. That's all about, caring about your shepherd mm. and your choices so yeah that's maybe a larger question that we will eventually get to in our what i imagine will be feature length mm. episode surrounding london <laughs> and, and priority earth yeah. but uh yeah huh. but beyond that do you have other other topics <laughs> beyond that i i i put my notes here i stand by what i said at the very beginning of the season and i think mass effect 2 is this series at its absolute best but in some cases its absolute worst um despite my what I think the suicide mission kind of poisoned the well in terms of how people were ever going to perceive Mass Effect 3's ending I feel like nothing like that has really happened since that has been executed in that masterful way like like we mentioned Tales from the Borderlands and then at one point in the show and that's similar but it you know it's not not built to in the same way um yeah but it overall like there uh, there were so many points when we were replaying it for the season it's like it makes me wonder if mass effect 3 hadn't done some of the things that did would would you know me as kenneth shepherd that's like a, it's because it's it's weird to play the game now realizing that like it wasn't it never really feels like it was made for me and more more intentionally so than one did even which one had one had its problems as well but like 
Two was the point where it felt like it was made for. Like it, it was, it was. Hi, it was made for me. Yeah, like it was made <laughs> for the people. It was. It was made for, for like bringing in a bigger, you know, a wider audience, and that's fine. Absolutely. Like I absolutely, and I'm totally like you know, get your bread, Bioware. That's fine, but it's more like, you know, be aware of who you push out, just as much as you bring people in, like. It doesn't have to be one or the other. There are ways to make... And they did it. They did it with Mass Effect 3. They did it with Inquisition. They did it with, like, well, actually, all the Dragon Age games. They've done it before. Like, they don't have to make something feel so... Like, like it alienates other people to bring in a certain subset of people. And that's what I, that's, that's just how I feel with Mass Effect 2. And to, you know, a lesser but still very much present extent with Mass Effect 1. So it's why I'm, like, really, really happy we're getting to Mass Effect 3. Because, like... Despite the various problems that we're both gonna have with that game, at least it doesn't feel like it's like it feels like the game wants me there. That's like a nice thing to feel about like your favorite series, and um, yeah. I I think, I, and I'm gonna agree with you that Mass Effect Two embodies at the same time all of my favorite things <laughs> about Mass Effect, like literally some of the highest points in the series for me, and also some of the lowest. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about different things, whether it was um the lack of good romance options in this game uh especially if you're playing anyone that isn't just a a dude shep that is looking to uh get with the mm-hmm. ladies uh you know it's I, i'm still angry that that the <laughs> boy the tally stuff is super frustrating <laughs> but um it's it, it's got bad stuff there um, I think the combat, while it's ultimately like a a very big step up from Mass Effect One, and even in some cases, I feel like Mass Effect Three goes too far in trying to bring back some of the things from Mass Effect One that that we can talk about when we get into the combat and stuff in that game. But uh, I feel like the the combat and stuff in, in this is very refined. But there's also uh, a point that you hit probably about three quarters of the way into the game where you just go. I have seen mm-hmm. all that this game has to offer in that respect, right. and Mass Effect Three does a much better job of uh, giving you variants right. and giving you like little, little set piece moments that kind of just break up the monotony mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and help you out there. And uh, but but all the changes to combat felt so much better. I mean, just even the fact that when I play Mass Effect One, I have no desire to play a Vanguard ever. Um, even in Mass Effect 3, my Vanguard play is completely different right. from a Mass Effect 2, but when I think about Mass Effect Combat, I think about Mass mm-hmm. Effect 2. I think about Vanguard, Charge, Shotgun. Like, that is... It, it, it became its own way. Uh, it became its own thing in this mm-hmm. game, and, and so much of Mass Effect 2 was just a jump away from the first right. Mass Effect. It was literally going from this thing that at times felt like a space skin of Dragon Age in the way that starcraft was a space skin of mm-hmm. warcraft but uh in mass effect 2 it really found its own way right. uh and i've talked a lot about how i love just the tone of the story i love stories that are like this that are these kind of desperation missions uh the the focus on the characters the loyalty missions are so good um and some of them like like tali's loyalty and samara's loyalty are just like series standouts mm-hmm. for me they're so so good uh, and and it felt like they found a little bit more confidence in in those missions where they could start to drift away from just giving you monster closets right. to shoot at and said we're going to have dialogue mm-hmm. and there's going to be like big choices and branching and stuff like that. 
uh yeah and it's in those cases it is the best and in other cases it is the worst you have like kelly chambers and you have all these other Mm -hmm. like and also like just talking from a technical level there's like a lot of glitches and stuff like that and there's parts where it just feels like a weird game it feels unwieldy to play planet scanning is both extremely cathartic (laughs) and extremely annoying and the menu systems we talked about this episode are super frustrating to deal with Mm -hmm. which they sadly did not fix for mass effect 3 um ugh. and uh there's just so much in this game that i love and so much that irks me it, it definitely is still on any given day i could say it is one of my favorite games of all time if not my favorite mm-hmm. game of all time but in that way i also still recognize now that it is it is aged mm-hmm. it is older uh it is a product of its time mm-hmm. and we have obviously i mean we're almost a decade out from this game Uh, that's something that i i kept thinking about while playing this is that it's been almost a decade since this game came out and it's just it's it's something man i I don't think but i also don't think that mass effect 3 could have i don't think mass effect would be what it was like what it is now if mass effect 2 had not been this good because mass effect 1 was certainly good but i don't think it set the world on fire Mm. whereas mass effect 2 was this game that it was like you were telling everyone you have to play this game i mean it's still to to this day ranking like fairly high on like you know the biggest sites like best games of all times list um that -hmm. like mass effect 1 probably doesn't even isn't even on um and if mass effect 3 is on it it's like midway down yeah and it's it's this sort of thing where like i if i had to think of games that i wish i could just like wipe my memory of and play again this would be so high on the list uh and yeah it it is truly incredible and it is an incredible achievement uh and and so for all the times that we do like critique it i I still love Mm -hmm. it i still love this game but you got to be honest with the things you love too because we have grown we have we have learned uh we have we have developed as as consumers yeah consumers rise up (laughs) purchase single player games (laughs) now's your chance to prove the industry Uh, trend wrong yeah yeah well don't worry because with mass effect 3 we're gonna add multiplayer in uh got a really and some loot boxes too uh so yeah we've got one more episode to go here uh which i guess this is kind of our send-off of mass effect 2 uh our arrival episode is probably going to be more of a stopgap between mm-hmm. that and and uh and mass effect 3 where we get to talk a little bit about the way that this sets up and we get to start easing into the uh as as we will call it the end game of, of mass effect uh the infinity yeah. war and the end game yeah i'm now realizing that we are going to soon be talking about mass effect 3 and the the titanic undertaking that is and oh boy oh boy and guess what eric guess what it's gonna get real gay oh boy no we're there will be hot takes there will be hot fire takes on here we'll have plenty of guests on to bring their own hot fire as well we've got lots of fun planned in that in that respect so if if you're a long time listener if you're a first time listener if you're like i love the suicide mission or i don't know how else you would find this <laughs> please don't google just suicide mission by itself please 
you know, we love you. Mm. But, um, but uh, if you're a regular listener, if you're a first-time listener, you know, always be sure to check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash normdfm. Or head over to our Twitter. Uh, we are at normdfm show because is there a, is there normdfm? Yeah, I, I couldn't get normdfm. I don't know who did it, but we should probably like well, buy we're the handle. Work on sometime. that. But until then, we're normdfm show, <laughs> and you can keep up with all our updates there. Uh, we super appreciate all our patrons who help us take care of the the hosting costs and are slowly getting us towards uh, making me play a game I don't want to play. The real good Mass Effect uh, Andromeda. Which, Oh boy! Honestly, though, I, uh, like, I really, becoming... I really want it to happen though because like we're we're getting near the end. Like we really are. Like, oh, I know, and that's that's why I almost let's do two episodes a week. Let's speed this thing up a little bit. <laughs> let's keep this going. Can't get to Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, mm. Oh, um, yeah. So that might be a thing that happens at some point. Uh, and if you want to support us even further and get us to some of those tiers that. I personally would love to get to. I'd love to be talking about Dragon Age 2 again, be talking about Dragon Age Inquisition. Heck, I think we've got, we might have tiers on there that are for things like KOTOR, mm-hmm. which I've never played. That's and... surprising because I don't like Star Wars and I played it. Yeah, which we're completely opposite on that. And also, like, I think Jade Empire mm-hmm. might be on there. It's basically all the Bioware games uh, we have listed. We can play Anthem. We're just like, oh, why not? Uh, oh, God. Is Anthem one Anthem's of them? Anthem's one of them. Do we... Why? <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta justify buying Anthem. Or, and you know, once we it. get through all of that shit, maybe we'll move on to some other companies, other series. <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh god. Yeah, but no, I don't. I actually don't want to play back through Zero Escape, so no, we're good. We can skip that. Mm. Oh, man, you ever have a game that you play and then you're really happy with the ending, but then like maybe a year later you're kind of thinking about it and you're like, wait. That was how it ended. I gotta tell you, like I, I don't love. You were you were there in the. I moment. don't love that series, and I still think about how I. I think about the Zero Escape a lot more than I ever thought I would, but it's not always positive. Yeah, I I think about Virtue's Last Reward a mm. lot. That's the game, and Nine 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 is pretty good too. But yeah, I, maybe the best thing out of Zero Time Dilemma was some of the room puzzles and stuff they did, and then maybe the overarching stuff did not age well nope. <laughs> oh i keep thinking about that ending it's a great ending is it? Is it? <laughs> great in the way that i'm using is maybe not the way that great should be used no. but until then please tune in next week where we'll have a great time talking about arrival and leading up to mass effect 3 but that's it for mass effect 2 <laughs> here on normandy Yeah,